Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Flukey. Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from Christ the King and Living Hope Lutheran Churches. We are congregations of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Port Washington and Saukville, Wisconsin. We believe God's love is for you. Here's our message for this week. The Holy Gospel according to Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 24. Glory Glory to to you, O Lord. Lord. After those days, Zechariah's wife, Elizabeth, conceived, and for five months she remained in seclusion. She said, This is what the Lord has done for me when he looked favorably on me and took away the disgrace I have endured among my people. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who is said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary remained with her for about three months, and then returned to her home. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. So last week we heard the story about Zechariah, and Zechariah, if you remember, was a Levite priest. He was serving in the temple. The angel Gabriel appears to him and informs him that he and his wife Elizabeth, who's getting on in age, are going to have a child. And we talked last week about some of Zechariah's doubts and his surprise and his wonder how the angel struck him mute, forcing him into silent reflection on the miracle God was doing. What we did not hear any of last week was Elizabeth's perspective. So for years, apparently, Elizabeth has been unable to conceive a child in a society where it is very much expected that a married woman ought to have a child. And she has noticed the whispers from the neighbors as they wonder if maybe 
God has something against her and her husband. Maybe she's being punished for something. She calls it even a disgrace that she has endured among her people. She's wondered if there's something wrong with her, something she should have done differently. I suspect she has probably felt isolated. As her peers grew their own families, it became harder and harder for her to relate to her friends and relatives. And in Luke's story, Elizabeth does not speak until verse 25, which is where we started today's reading. And when we do hear from her, she's five months pregnant. She's praising God, giving thanks for this miraculous baby inside of her. She is ready for this child. She has been waiting for this for her whole life, for years. And yet, Luke tells us that when she, since she conceived, Elizabeth has remained in seclusion. Why? Is she embarrassed that it took a literal act of God for her to conceive? Perhaps over the years she's endured and grieved miscarriages in the past. Is she afraid that it's too late for her, that even with a child growing inside of her, something is still going to go wrong? She's afraid to get her hopes up? Was she worried about what the neighbors might say? Shaking their heads, the idea of a woman her age having a baby? Or maybe she's in spiritual solidarity with her husband, waiting in silence for the angel's promise to be fulfilled. Imagine all the different emotions swirling around inside of her. And then in verse 26, Luke pulls back the camera lens from Elizabeth's story, and he shifts his lens over to focus on another person, a young woman over in a small town called Nazareth in the region of Galilee. And Mary is in a very different stage of life than Elizabeth. Luke does not tell, her, tell us her exact age, but we know she's much younger, clearly, than Elizabeth is. She's just, really, she's a teenager. She's a virgin engaged to be married to a man whose name is Joseph. And just like Zechariah, Mary is surprised to find an angel speaking with her. The angel says, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. And I love how Luke describes her reaction. He writes, She was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. I don't know what the angel Gabriel looked like. I know there's biblical descriptions with angels having eyes all over them, different types of angels. I don't know if he had wings like in the paintings, medieval art. Maybe he looked like a normal person. Either way, I think that perplexed is probably a perfectly appropriate way to describe her reaction. And Gabriel seeing her perplexity, backs up a little bit, starts over, says what angels always say, do not be afraid, which I suspect is easier said than done when you're encountering an angel. Gabriel tells her to not be afraid and then repeats, Mary has found favor with God. And then he goes ahead and he outlines this plan that she is going to give birth to the Son of God. And I don't know what Mary thought she had planned for her life. She's engaged to Joseph, so there's probably wedding plans, maybe a house under construction, maybe even thoughts of children in the not-too-distant future. But this is not what Mary was planning. She is not ready for a child on several different levels. Mary might be young, but she knows a few things. She has a rather important question. How exactly is this going to work? She knows that there are certain things that need to happen before you can have a baby. 
And there are some pretty important details that are not specified. Nevertheless, after Gabriel explains a little bit more, it's the work of the Holy Spirit who's going to do this. This is a miracle. Mary responds, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Mary is not ready. There is a lot that she does not know. But she says yes to God. What an example of faith. She agrees to be part of God's plan, to be involved in God's work. She is on board in participating in what God is doing. And then she sets off to go see her relative Elizabeth, who the angel has told her is also miraculously expecting a child. And this is not a leisurely family reunion visit. Luke says Mary sets off with haste. Because even though she has said yes to God, even though she is willing to be part of God's plan, she's willing to let God work through her, she still has some questions. Maybe that's reassuring for us as well. So she makes this roughly 80-mile journey, which is a long walk, to go see her cousin Elizabeth. She goes quickly. She's looking for connection. She's looking for somebody who understands, trying to find a sense of peace in the midst of her entire life being disrupted. And maybe she feels like Elizabeth is the only one who might understand. Because certainly she can't expect Joseph to understand this. Her parents are not likely to celebrate with her. This is not the way that things were supposed to turn out for her. And so Elizabeth is probably the only other person in the world who's experiencing a miraculous pregnancy after an angel visit. When Mary arrives, Elizabeth greets her and notice it's only Elizabeth. Zachariah is still mute. He doesn't greet her, at least not verbally. And in Elizabeth's greeting, Elizabeth's seclusion comes to an end. Artist Nicolette Peñaranda's painting of this moment illustrates the beauty of their connection. In her artist's statement, you can read it back on the wall back there after service, she talks about her own experience this spring, a couple months ago, about the traumatic birth of her own child and the struggle that she had, I think she's in Chicago, struggle of driving back and forth to the NICU to check on her three-pound infant. Some of you know our story. You know that Jonah, our child, spent a few days in the NICU over in Grafton this spring after he was born. And Jonah's case was about the mildest NICU case that I can picture. He had some trouble eating. He needed to learn to eat well. But it was really... There was no uncertainty that he was going to come. It was just, is it going to be today or tomorrow or the next day or two? Having a premature infant spending weeks in the hospital is a whole different ballgame. Pastor Nick writes, It was terrifying and tiresome. But during that time, so many wonderful people sought us out. We were gifted food, baby clothes, childcare, and rest. But the greatest gift was the comfort I received from other people who had given birth. There was a sacred sharing of birth stories and postpartum depression. Parents passed on beautiful garments that they too received after birthing a preemie. Some of these pieces looked like they'd been passed down many times before. Like each thread held a memory from a different family. We were connected. In their mutual experiences of disruption and uncertainty, even fear and doubt mixed at the same time with hope and joy, 
Mary and Elizabeth find a connection. Mary's arrival in the story seems to be the catalyst for Elizabeth to come out of her seclusion. And in turn, Elizabeth's affirmation of Mary's call gives Mary the strength to return home after three months, the strength to carry out the task to which God had called her. Pastor Lizelle Gwyngarity writes that in this story, she wants to highlight the mutuality of their joy. Even if they each cannot feel joy for themselves, they can hold joy for each other. And from that connection, joy grows. Sometimes, as people of God, that is our call as a community. In Isaiah, God says, Comfort, oh comfort, my people. In this weary world, we are called to comfort one another. Paul calls us as the church to rejoice with those who rejoice, to weep with those who weep. The life of faith is not meant to be walked alone. We need each other. And so even in those times of weariness when we are not able to rejoice ourselves, we can carry each other's joy. We can carry each other's grief. We can take strength from one another's faith, which is part of why it's so important to tell our stories of faith, to have times of fellowship, to share those testimonies of experiencing God's faithfulness in our own lives. We need to hear from those who have had similar experiences, who have been through the valley and have found the way out. So this next picture is not the same level of art as the rest of this series, but I saved this comic a couple years ago as a reminder of the importance of mutual prayer. It says, this is why we pray for each other. When we pray for each other, when we connect as God's people, helping one another on the journey of faith, we carry one another. I wonder if you've ever had times when you drew strength, when you drew strength from a connection with someone else. Maybe it was in a hospital, perhaps a funeral. Maybe in more joyful times, like starting a new job, moving somewhere new, being part of a team. And how have you encouraged others, family, friends, neighbors, as they seek to follow God's call? Where do you look for strength on the days when the weariness of this world starts to get to you? Mary's yes to God is obviously the heart of the Christmas story. There's no Christmas story. She doesn't say yes. But Elizabeth is essential as well. Elizabeth affirms, God's call, affirms Mary's call, affirms God's call to Mary, declaring her to be blessed. And in Mary's visit, in the reaction of her own unborn child leaping in her womb, Elizabeth's own faith is affirmed. Joy expands in connections, in community. As we consider how to rejoice in a weary world, remember that you are not alone. You are part of the body of Christ. Even in times of physical isolation, even in times of loneliness, Christ is with you. You have gifts and a story to share, and your community needs you needs what God has trusted to you, just as you need community. The Holy Spirit is surrounding you, and you are not alone. 
So, beloved of God, may you find joy and peace in connecting with God and with one another. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Living Hope and Christ the King, to ask for prayer, or to make a donation to support the work we are doing in Ozaki County, you can visit our websites at livinghopesockville.org or ctkport.org, or click the link in the show notes to find us online or on social media. May God bless you, and we hope you'll join us again soon.